Hey, Joel here. This is Dining Around. We're eating and drinking around the Bay Area and across the nation as well. One of the things about the city and county of San Francisco, which is, of course, where we're broadcasting from, is that it has these remarkable neighborhoods. It has these places, and oftentimes we talk about them. We talk about the dog patch, but we don't always know exactly why it's called that, or Hayes Valley and those things that are special about it. One of the most important neighborhoods in the city happens to be Knob Hill. It is a place that has had a significant amount of history over time. It's home now to the Grace Cathedral, the beautiful Scarlet, the Huntington Hotel, the Fairmont, the, the Ritz-Carlton, all sorts of other properties. But it has this history. And I thought, since I was fortunate enough to come by the Big Four restaurant, which is located in Scarlet, the Huntington Hotel that I could talk with one of the people who works here because he is, in fact, a San Francisco historian. He is a fantastic photographer and chronicler of events that have happened here in the San Francisco Bay Area and other beautiful things as well. And he's part of the team here at the Big Four. He is Ron Hangler. Uh, Ron, thank you for agreeing to talk with me today, talk with us today about Knob Hill. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> so let's start here at uh, Scarlet the Huntington Hotel because I mean, obviously, I mentioned that we're in, we're here at the property. We're here in the Big Four restaurant, and this really is one of the anchor properties up on Knob Hill. Is this a property that has always been here? The building went up in 1924. Prior to that, the Richard Tobin Mansion stood at the site, and that burned in the earthquake fire of 1906. Okay. So this went up in 1924 as an apartment building, and in 1944, the manager of the apartment building, Eugene Fritz, Mm -hmm. bought it and turned it into a small luxury hotel, which it still is today. Well, and it is a luxury hotel, and it has a beautiful spa in addition to the restaurant, so it has the amenities. And we're we're like moments from the cable car line and moments from the other cable. There's there's a lot to, to do and see here at the property. Sort of central to the city. It's like a village within the city. It really is. And it's a it's it's it crowns it's it it, it has a crowning location mm-hmm. within San Francisco. Do you think that that's why Knob Hill was so incredibly desired in the earlier days of the city? Certainly was in the 19th century, although the the hoi polloi, the rich, uh, originally lived in the Rincon Hill area until there was the second street cut that kind of destroyed the neighborhood. (laughs) But uh, at the time, there was South Park, and and, uh, south of Market was where the, the rich wanted to live. Leland Stanford helped finance a cable car system that came up to Knob Hill, and that began... The, the development of Knob Hill. Ah, okay. And Leland Stanford, and I would know that name because there is a property named after him, the Stanford Court Hotel. Stanford Court Hotel. He was one of the big four. Okay. And what does that mean, the big four? As, as somebody who isn't a resident law, I mean, I've lived here a while, but I'm not one of those people who was born here. Yeah, the big four. It refers to four men in the 19th century. They became known as the big four. They were... Uh, it was Collis Huntington, Leland Stanford, Charles Crocker, and Mark Hopkins. Okay. In 1847, prior to the California Gold Rush, in the area around today's San Francisco Chinatown, the little park in Chinatown, Port Smith Square, mm-hmm. was the town square of a village with about 200 people living around that town square. 
On the edge of San Francisco Bay, the Transamerica Pyramid stands on the original shoreline of San Francisco Bay. Really? So from Telegraph Hill to mm-hmm. Montgomery Street, Transamerica Pyramid, and Rincon Point, where the Bay Bridge leaves for Oakland, you had a crescent-shaped cove of shallow water that was part of San Francisco Bay. Okay. Gold was discovered at Sutter's Mill up along the American River, and a year and a half later, at the end of 1849, there were 32,000 people living in San Francisco, with 81,000 people from all over the world pouring into California, going through San Francisco up to the gold fields. These four guys came in at that time. They set up shop as merchants in Sacramento, But in the 1860s, they became four of the richest men in the United States by building the western end of our transcontinental railroad. Smart men. Started out in, well, (laughs) robber barons. (laughs) Yes, very smart, very shrewd businessmen. Uh, They started out in Sacramento, went through California into Nevada, and then joined with the the Union Pacific at Mm -hmm. Promontory Summit in Utah on May 10, 1869. Once they came into these incredible fortunes, they built mansions Mm -hmm. up on Knob Hill within a block of the location of the Scarlet Huntington and the Big Four restaurant. Hence the theme of this restaurant with the, you know, million dollars worth of artwork and ephemera on the walls. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Crocker Mansion took up the whole block that Grace Cathedral stands on just right across the street. So for those Mm -hmm. of you who aren't standing up on Knob Hill at the moment, Grace Cathedral is this absolutely gorgeous, large, beautiful cathedral that has an enormous footprint as well. So that mansion must have been huge. It, It was large. It took up most of the whole block. Wow. Although... Although Charles Crocker built for his son William as a wedding gift a Mm -hmm. mansion on the same block at the corner of Jones in California. Curiously, when that burned in 1906, there were 35 Degas paintings that were lost in the fire. He was collecting French Impressionism and Degas paintings. Wow. But uh, Huntington's mansion was right across the street where the park is today. Huntington Park, just directly across the street from this hotel. Cullis Huntington, when he passed away in 1900, it took two years to figure out that he was worth $1.8 billion. (laughs) And his wife, Arabella, who had Uh been his mistress during his first marriage, she became known as the richest woman in the United States. Uh, Not a bad moniker to have. The Mark Hopkins mansion stood where today's Mark Hopkins Hotel stands. Okay. It was 70 rooms. The tower of the mansion was 78 feet tall. That was the tallest man-made structure in the city at the time. It cost three and a half million dollars. So that was like at a that period of time. At that period, that's of time. a massive amount of that money. That was like a ninety-five million dollar mansion. And being up at that pinnacle top, it would have been seen well for as far as the eye can see. Yeah, there's. You can go into the vintage, you know, the collection of vintage photos of San Francisco, mm-hmm. and the profiles of these mansions are also are always dominating the skyline from from a lot of angles. Well, and in this era and every other of sort of the lifestyles of the rich and famous, it is always interesting to me to hear about people like that. And I mean, you mentioned Robert Barons, of course, and and I'm not here to talk about their business practices, but that idea that that much wealth certainly existed here and then what became of it. And now it is this crowning jewel of San Francisco. It is this beautiful destination to visit. Right. Amazing. Now, there's a place called the Pacific Union Club that's located right in the center of uh, of Knob Hill. I was fortunate to go in there once, but you're not allowed to talk about it if you go in there. It's like it's like <laughs> Fight Club. They're like, you can say you were here, but you really can't say you were here. So no I don't photography. S- no yeah. photography. And really, and I was like, dude, I have a really big mouth. I thought you wanted me to social media it out. They're like, shh. You can say you were here, but nothing else. But it is a gorgeous structure. What, what, I mean, was it a house? Well, that was one of the mansions that stood on Knob Hill with these other mansions of the big four. 
in 1906, when we had the earthquake and then the fire that destroyed three quarters of the city, mm-hmm. most of the mansions up here burned. The only thing left on Knob Hill was the flood mansion, the one we're talking about. Okay. It was a gutted, burned out shell, as was the Fairmont Hotel, a gutted, burned out shell. They hired on a, ju- a young Julia Morgan to rebuild out of the empty, gutted, burned out shell. Mm-hmm. The Pacific Club and the Union Club, separate clubs that had both been burned out in 1906, they joined together, bought the, the burned out shell of the mansion, mm-hmm. and it, it is now the private men's club, the PU Club. And now James, that's how we got the Pacific Union Club. James Flood was a bartender in Gold Rush, San Francisco, and as the story goes, um, He and his partner overheard a conversation in their establishment one afternoon, began secretly buying up stock in a Nevada mining company (laughs) that turned out to be on top of the largest strike of silver in human history, the Comstock Lode. He brought the red sandstone in from Connecticut to remind him of his childhood days growing up with the brownstones in New York. If you're ever up on Knob Hill walking Mm -hmm. around, the beautiful patinaed fence that surrounds today's PU Club is actually bronze. He paid $32,000 in the 1870s for that, so that's like a $3.5 million fence. He had one man polishing that bronze all day long, every day, (laughs) and the beautiful floral pattern in the bronze fence is his wife's favorite Irish lace pattern surrounding his property. (laughs) I think that is, I mean, that in itself is one of those brilliant San Francisco stories because. I mean, here now, you think of the innovation that happens in tech and or just those businesses that kind of hit. And we have these unicorns and angels that that blow up and turn into billion dollar businesses. But that really isn't new. I mean, sometimes it's at about being in the right place at the right time. Now, whether or not that that was legal, you know, to eavesdrop on a conversation, it wouldn't be now. But dude may bank out of it. That's nuts. (laughs) Well, there's a reason why they're calling the tech industry the second gold rush in in San Francisco and California, the Bay Area. Right. You know, in the in the eighteen in the eighteen hundreds, eighteen forty nine to fifty three, the height of the gold rush. It was the same thing. You had common men who were becoming millionaires mm-hmm. overnight, and uh, when the gold played out in California, then you had the silver in Nevada that that actually produced even more wealth. So San Francisco was flush for. Uh-huh almost 40 years with the mining industry and what came out of that. And you can see evidence of that around the city, but you can certainly see Mm -hmm. evidence of the rebuild here high atop Knob Hill. Listen, I think that uh, anybody listening, you should think about when you come to San Francisco or if you're here in the Bay Area, check out Knob Hill, come up to the area, either get yourself a reservation for a beautiful meal. There's a concert venue or a big hall where they do a lot of events up here on Knob Hill, which is the Masonic Center. And there are lots of events here as well. So make a reservation, find out. You can come, you can stay at the Scarlet, the Huntington Hotel for sure. And there are other properties too. And there's, I mentioned the beautiful spa as well. And you have a a relatively new chef here at the Big Four. Um, Miguel Garcia. Yes. Miguel Garcia. Great food. Yeah. Brilliant. Come in and try us. We're, Fantastic. We're famous for our pot pie. That's sort of a signature dish here. It's the, we, we opened in October of 1976. So last yeah. year we celebrated our 40 year anniversary. It's amazing. And the pot pie is the one thing that's been on our menu since we, oh, since opening day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have lots of art on the wall that uh, you wouldn't see anywhere else, especially in in a, a setting like this. The uh, famous Moybridge panoramic view is in the private banquet room off from the main dining room. We are one of the few places that has it on permanent display. The PU Club across the street 
has it on permanent display. But you're not allowed to see it unless you're a member. Correct. <laughs> our, our, our San Francisco MoMA has a copy, but they mm. only trot it out occasionally for photo shows. Or There was a, uh, a, uh, an, an actually blockbuster show of Edward Moybridge mm-hmm. several years ago that filled the whole third floor of the uh, Museum of Modern Art. Mm-hmm. And then Stanford University also has. Moybridge, Moybridge, Edward Moybridge, the photographer of this panoramic view, uh, he's now considered the father of cinema. All of motion pictures, cinema, Bollywood, everything begins with this man in San Francisco in 1878 when he shot on top of the Mark Hopkins mansion this 360-degree uh, panorama of San Francisco. Around the time that he shot this portrait of San Francisco, he got together with the next-door neighbor, Leland Stanford, one of the big four. They went down to Palo Alto, where the university stands today, Stanford, among other things, was governor of California. He was a senator of California. He was a winemaker, and he was a horse breeder. And they set up a series of cameras with trip wires, and they proved that when a horse is galloping, all four hooves leave the ground. And that was the beginning of That was of him? This, uh, yes, that was him. That's is, the, the portrait that we're sitting next to is mm-hmm. actually in Edward Moybridge. Uh, there's a book by Edward Ball that was published about four years ago called The Inventor and the Tycoon mm-hmm. about the collaboration of Moybridge and Stanford. And it's a great read. I've read it twice. And one of the caveats in the book is is the fact that all of cinema began the the, the moment when pu- the public mm-hmm. was first given a view of motion pictures takes place on Knob Hill in the 1870s at the Stanford Mansion when Leland Stanford invites mm-hmm. 25 of his moneyed hoi polloi guests and mm-hmm. Edward Moybridge with his tattered hat and billy goat beard shows up and sets up his Zuprasky scope, a primitive projector, and he casts on the wall of the Stanford mansion the mm-hmm. horse galloping that he had filmed down at, at, uh, what a genius at the moment. farm in Palo Alto. What a genius yeah. moment in time. Ron, thank you so much You're for welcome. sharing the stories. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, uh, that image is here in the private dining room of the Big Four in the Scarlet the Huntington Hotel. So if there isn't somebody using the private room, you can see it. But if there is somebody, well, you should be the person using the private room. How about that? So if you're film buff, and think about it, all of those different film producers and people who were involved in film here in the Bay Area and the animation and the live action, all of that sort of begins in this in this amazing place. Uh, I'm in the Scarlet the Huntington Hotel. Again, it's on top of Knob Hill. TheScarletHotels.com. That's the website to go to to find out more. And Big Four, obviously, is the restaurant. It's a beautiful, beautiful property. Uh, Ron Hanger, sorry, Hanninger. Ron, tell us, what is your website? Because you're a fantastic photographer. RonHengler.com. RonHengler.com, which is R-O-N-H-E-N-G-G-E-L-E-R.com. I'll pop up a link to that, and I'll pop up some images as well on DiningAround.com so that you can get a piece of it. Thanks for joining me today on Dining Around. More food, wine, and travel next time.